You're listening to The Kylo Show, the podcast where we talk about how to keep your love on no matter what and why whole healthy families are going to save the world. This week, Danny and Brittany start a brand new series about the Kylo principles and how they apply to our singles out there. And if you're not single, don't tune out. There's some great stuff that you're not going to want to miss because really we're talking about how to become a whole healthy person. And a whole healthy family is made up of whole healthy people. So get ready because this week's episode starts right now. Well, hi everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Kylo Show. We are back. We're here having fun. Today, <laughs> we're going to talk about singles. Oh, uh, here we go. Back in the day. Back in the day. We, way in the day. We were once single. When were you last single? Back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Oh, really? Yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Well, we are doing some fun things on social media about marriage, which has been kind of fun to see. But uh, what do we call it? Marriage I don't know. Celebration you, Monday. I, I you came up with the acronym. I, know, I don't know what it's called. Know, the second name stands movement. Okay. Marriage celebration movement. That's what we're doing. So for all the singles out there, that's your goal is to get to be part of our marriage celebration movement. There you go. Someday. Take a picture of you and your loved one holding up a sign. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. So, but for today, we are talking about singles. Yes. And being powerful, because we're going to cover all the Kylo principles like we always do. Realizing that not all singles want to be married. It's true. Yeah. But they probably want to be powerful. They should, <laughs> yes. you know, if they want to be healthy, mm-hmm. it's going to start with being powerful. Yeah, that's probably a really great place to start. Mm-hmm. So before we dive in too further, let's make sure that you remember what the five principles are. Yes. All right. So the first one we kind of gave away, it's in the title of this week's episode. We'll circle back on this one. Being powerful, choose love over fear. Mm-hmm. Pursue the goal of connection. We're practicing respectful communication and honoring healthy boundaries. Yes. Again and again and again. We keep bringing it up because we want you to get it deep into your cellular being. And uh, yeah, we're still working on it. Yeah. That's what we're going to keep saying it over and over again. We're going to keep saying it until we don't even have to look. So you get a lot of like dating advice questions, you know, a lot of people that are looking for that significant other, Mm -hmm. um, they're asking like, what do I need to do to prepare myself? Like, you know, there's, there's this question always is what should I be doing to find the right person? Mm -hmm. Looking for Mr. Right. Or Mrs. Right. Or Miss Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hopefully not Mrs. Right. Yes, it's true. Miss Right. Mrs. Right. Um, well, keep in mind that you attract who you are, mm. not who you want. And, uh, and some people think that means personality types. Like I, <coughs> I'm very extroverted and I attracted a total introvert. How did that happen? Like, well, it isn't the personalities that necessarily are similar. It's the values, mm. you know, it's the, it's the wounds often. Ah. It's the uh, the life paradigm. Like I actually see life similar. Uh, it it's a lot of those kinds of similarities that you find yourself 
in in essence, continuing your life. Hmm. It didn't radically change like you thought it would. You didn't fix all those problems you thought it was going to fix. It just continues your life with a, you know, a new set of issues around the same issues. Hmm. They're just now in your bed. <laughs> Hopefully after you've gotten married. But... Sure. Um, so uh, you are attracting who you are, not necessarily who you want. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I love how you just put that because I think a lot of times, I, I mean, I'll speak for myself as a female, but, you know, listing out all the things that I think I want, you mm -hmm. know, that I'm going to find, you know, in this perfect mate, um, you know, and, and I would say that my list when creating for Ben, you know, if I could make my husband back in the day, I, there's a lot of things I think that Ben definitely checked off, but I think there's other things in there that I probably just thought were what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, looking at us now, I'm like, oh, I, I attracted who I am, the things that are important to me, the core values that I had that maybe didn't make the list. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I think that's a, I think we're often trying to better ourselves by bringing someone else that might be better than us in mm -hmm. and instead of being willing to maybe work on the stuff that we've got going on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there is something to marrying up, you know, like yeah. that's, that's true for a lot of people. They, I tried to marry up and, mm -hmm. and, and that's probably true when you compare your strengths and weaknesses and that sort of thing. You're like, oh, they're really good at this mm -hmm. and, you know, that'll, that'll help me. Yeah. Like, right. Like, you know, at some level, as long as you're connected, you know, when you're not connected, when you're disconnected, then those strengths actually drive you nuts mm. because they're, um, you know, they're misperceived and, and, and you don't experience them the way that you would normally experience a strength. You tend to find yourself competing or mm, feeling yeah. dishonored or disrespected by, somebody's awesomeness and you're like, man, you're just doing that because you think you're like, oh, that's because we're disconnected. That's why that's happening, which is the danger of not getting well as you have all these triggers that are like booby traps laying around in your life and this person's walking along and and you're walking along in their life and because we've both settled into uh, kind of uh, maybe maybe we've both settled into a low level of of healing, mm. and so I see you haven't done very much work, and I haven't either. So we'll probably get along just great because neither one of us are going to challenge the other to grow very much. Mm. And then and then people get into a marriage and they discover that, and one of them takes off growing, and the other one doesn't. Yeah, and, it, and here comes this this imbalance in the home but now we're married with children and da, da 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 and it's it's work it's work to keep it together mm. and that ends up blowing up a lot of folks is they didn't do the work early on they didn't establish a standard of what what we're going to live up to here's what I'm going to live up to mm -hmm. will you meet me here and the other person, while dating, has to kind of consider like, well, wow, I've never had anybody challenge me like this. I'm up for the challenge. Mm -hmm. Like, great. Well, then that was a, a, a mutually beneficial 
encounter meeting mm-hmm. each other because we will you know we will challenge and match each other as as we go i was just doing a podcast for more revolution with uh all the single ladies you know <laughs> and they were uh you know they were saying things like well what's what uh what should i have on the list and i said well you know just calm down a little bit and don't start writing his last name after yours you know just don't quit <laughs> don't start practicing that just you know think in terms of what is it that you value about life what is it that, you know where are you where do you see yourself going in life and and wait for the the commitment to come you know the 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 man's commitment is is then matched with your vulnerability. Don't race your vulnerability out ahead of mm. his maturity, his his commitment to the covenant. Because yeah. the marriage, you know, the the wedding is supposed to be him saying, "I commit my covering, my provision, my strength, my protection to you mm-hmm. for the rest of your life and our children." Mm-hmm. You know, or well, we're not going to live our children, but. Uh, you know, to to you and our children, mm-hmm. I, I I pledge these things, and then she comes in with, and I offer you my heart and soul and body and yeah, future, yeah. and that's the covenant. Mm-hmm. So the so the matching of those two things is led by the guy, not by the lady. And oftentimes, ladies run out ahead, yeah. and they offer way more vulnerability than the guy brought commitment. And now they're just left out to dry when he walks away. Yeah. I, we had a group discussion with the Jesus Culture School of Leadership last year, and Ben and I had the singles, mm-hmm. and you had the married couples, you and mom. And I remember one of the conversations was this young man had been in a relationship, but he just didn't know if he could commit. And I said, well, I think you already have your answer is if you don't know you can, I don't think you probably are. Um, so the best thing you can do in that is to probably end this relationship, I said, because us girls are so emotional and just waiting mm-hmm. to give our heart away. So the more you play with that level of commitment that I have, the more swirl and pain this young woman is probably in mm-hmm. and you know obviously she's got to navigate how much she gives her heart away and stuff but the um the commitment piece for this young man it was such a big deal for him which was great and i i love that but at the same time it felt like he didn't realize you know the back and forth back and forth had such a cost for the trust level of vulnerability that she was going to be able to bring mm-hmm. You know, so I think that that's a big thing for the men to be paying attention to and the ladies. But I mean, other than like a romantic relationship, how do you practice kind of that dynamic of, you know, not stepping to too much vulnerability? Can you practice that in other relationships? Should you practice that in other relationships? Or should it just be like, you know, how do you, as a single, like develop you being a healthy person? Because mm-hmm. I can't imagine it just comes when you find a significant other. No, no, no. That's that's what you're working on before you find that yeah. significant other to find <laughs> out if they did the work, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, this is about being powerful, mm-hmm. but what I'm about to describe is going to sound like boundaries. Because you're really trying to find, you know, your center, your mm-hmm. your your 
deciding where what is your center mm-hmm. and my center is god is is jesus is yeah. this is my center this is where my life is is uh finds its peace joy purpose uh, you know identity these things are in my core mm-hmm. And I've established that, and so I, I won't be giving it up to a, a, a significant other. The, mm-hmm. you, those things will never be your job. Yeah. And so I have to establish that by really the cultivation around who am I, why am I here, and what determines my value. Mm-hmm. Then outside of that is the recipient, the first recipient of that, which is previous to a uh, a dating relationship is really either a, a family member or a, a really good friend. And it's it's that soul tie, that deepest soul tie that you have when you are marching through life and, and maybe it's your mom, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it's yeah. your sister or your brother, uh, a, a, an uncle, an aunt, somebody that you just, you've, you bore your soul to, they protected you, you spent tons of time with them, you, lo- you love your time with them. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably one of the key factors is that you really enjoy them. Okay. Because it's, it's joy that bonds people together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, who is that person? Where did you find that that uh, refreshing, replenishing uh, relationship where you could just be yourself and sit in silence and have a good time, read a book or yeah. fish or whatever, and feel revived as mm-hmm. a result of just spending time. And then it just keeps moving out from there. You can start putting more and more people in the farther mm-hmm. out because less is required of you. But decide who you're going to put in those places. And that's the piece about being powerful is that you took responsibility to cultivate, choose, and protect those relationships Mm -hmm. in priority as to who has access to the quality that you've built into your life. Yeah, I think that's great. I know that that's in the Keep Your Love On book. Um, and that diagram and, and what you're explaining. So if you want a visual, that's where it is. But yeah. um, I just think it's so crucial for single people to really understand how much you have to protect that God spot, Yeah. you know, because it it's so easily given away. And I feel like, you know, when you get into this intimate relationship and you get all the la-la-la feelings and all of the warm fuzzies and then the more and more you want to um, impress this person or, or build an intimate relationship, you it feels like you encroach on this place of giving them, you know, you being the source. Like they become your source, which is when they shift out God. Mm-hmm. So the more you can practice this with other relationships, it feels the the more reps you'll have in into the practice of you know not being performance driven or believing that you know love is determined by that performance. Um, I think I would challenge singles. I don't have this struggle um, as much, I think maybe because I was a a slightly older millennial, but that digital age where that's how we have relationships more than we have in person Mm -hmm. or having hard conversations or looking at somebody's eyes and having those brave communication, you know, things. I think that that's another thing I would encourage singles at this point is, um, 
that digital platform, though it's beautiful and it does bring our world in smaller, I think that um, we'll be more successful the more in-person and contact relationships that we can develop. Yeah. So. Unless you're going to Zoom date. Yeah, you know, which I married a man that was from Australia, so I understand mm-hmm. the long distance, um, but it's a lot different than when you're in person with that human mm-hmm. and physical contact and looking in their face and it is a computer screen or reading emails. We yeah. had MSN Messenger back then, so showing my age here. Doing stuff together, yeah. you know, walking. Right, mm-hmm. all of those. Mm-hmm. So I think this is great. I, I My heart for these singles is really to become powerful people so yeah. they can... It's just begin the journey of, of health and, mm-hmm. and being able to spot it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, or the opposite. Yeah, yeah. So, fun. Well, we're going to jump into some questions. Okay. So that should be um, always exciting, dating questions. We don't get those too often that we talk about, <laughs> so it should be fun. All right, well, we're going to jump into that, and we'll see you guys soon. Hey there. Have you heard about the marriage celebration movement? If you haven't, Danny and Brittany are wanting to celebrate healthy marriages. That's worth celebrating. So here's how you can take part. We want you to take a picture with your spouse holding a sign for the number of years you've been married. It doesn't have to be your anniversary. Just how many years have you been married? Write it on a piece of paper, put it on a fun board, however you want to do it but a sign holding how many years you've been married with your spouse and send it to us. You can post it on your socials and tag at Danny Loving on Purpose, or you can send it in a direct message to him, or you can email it to us at info at lovingonpurpose.com. This is a way for us to celebrate whole healthy marriages because whole healthy families are going to save the world. All right, so we're going to take some questions, and the first one comes from Gigi. Hello. A question about Christians dating multiple people at a time, and I wanted to know if you could provide advantages and disadvantages to this modern way of dating, and why you would do that or why you would not do that. Um, and I suppose the reason I'm being asked about this for myself to do this myself is. Uh, for one reason is to, as a coping or defense mechanism, when it, when the relationship fails, you have options. Um, and then the second one would be to guard myself and my attachments from getting uh, too involved in the other person. It's a really hard topic for me, but I'm hoping you can help me understand this better. Thank you so much. God bless you. Okay, Gigi. All right. Well, I mean, my thoughts on this are if if you're with multiple people, it would be hard to know how to protect my heart and navigate it towards how many different options, how many different roads am I taking going on rather than just picking one lane at a time and seeing what the Lord has for me there. And if it doesn't work out, then trusting that God's got a great option mm-hmm. instead of me trying to be in control of it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a piece of trying to control um, love, trying to control, you know, being hurt, trying to control um, that I'm going to be able to to default if this doesn't work. So um, 
I could understand why, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally can understand why. I just think it would. It's a. It's a difficult thing to be a hundred percent engaged um, if you've got three people sitting at a table versus one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. I'm a one at a time. You know, maybe multiple like that. This doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, thanks for the coffee, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I think protecting your heart it also includes the work of a relationship. So if you have multiple dating, and I, and I can, maybe the word dating is throwing me, but when I think of, you know, when you're dating someone, it's it's a it, it's an interest. Like we're showing interest mm-hmm. in this relationship and how far it will go Mm -hmm. and not necessarily we call uh, hanging out with someone dating. Yeah. But if you're hanging out with five different people, then that's called friendship and friendship is whatever, you know, that's, you should have friends that are the opposite sex and be able to have a uh, non-sexually oriented interaction with the opposite sex that should be a skill that you cultivate Mm -hmm. because it's also something that's going to be required in the relationship where we can intimately emotionally blend our our lives together it has nothing to do with the the foreplay of sex which classically is a problem for men you know men like oh yeah i'll i'll engage in a conversation, I'll engage in, in your love languages if there's a payday. Mm. And so, you know, she doesn't feel cherished, she feels used. Yeah. And that's the, you know, that, that, that's why he has to be able to have friendships that are non-sexual oriented, and she does too. Yeah. So I, I I'm not sure it's a really smart idea to have multiple dating relationships where you're sorting Mm -hmm. and, and you can, you can stay disengaged as a practice and you have options as a practice. Cause that, that sounds like you're laying a foundation in your life for future. Yeah. And that's probably not a really smart habit to get into. Yeah. Which I think that, you know, the availability of these different apps and different things that are out there of how Mm -hmm. people interact is there's multiple conversations and, you know, the exchange of getting very honest and vulnerable in these different conversations. I think that's part of the, the ease to giving permission is that they feel like there's a depth to their relationship because we've had this exchange through text or messenger or video chat or different things like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, so to sum that question up, is we would recommend if you're dating, that's a single focus focus person. If you are friends and getting to know someone with the possibility of dating, maybe that is more more coffee dates are would be a, a fine. I think yeah, I think that friendships begin to become exclusive, and mm-hmm. once things become exclusive, then we're dating. Yeah, so great. That's mm-hmm. how we'll summarize that for you, Gigi. Hopefully yeah. that was helpful. There we go. Um, best of luck with you and your journey of finding that 
that person and and protecting your heart in, in the good way. Mm-hmm. So, all right, the next question comes from Philip. Hi, Danny and Brittany. I've got a question. Um, I'm a single dad. I want to start dating again. I'm feeling a little bit hesitant. Um, I'd love some wisdom on how to navigate this new adventure in my life. Thanks. Yeah, well, that's a that's going to be a common question. Yeah. I think it, it just starts, you know, it starts out here and it starts moving its way, you know, to accessing your your priorities mm-hmm. and uh it it's a, it's a it's a boundary issue and it's a powerful issue which is i am looking out here but it's not it's not getting all over my children yeah. while i do that mm-hmm. and uh and and then that is a a serious consideration the day you invite that person into mm-hmm. the that next the ring zone, of cir- yeah, another the, ring of circles. The zone where the children are, yeah, and uh, and this is not part of the question, but I'm going to answer it anyway. Um, when you're when you're pursuing a, a second marriage where there's children involved, that person as actually has to pass into the children's zone through the children's zone into the spouse zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mistake that a lot of people make is they they're so they feel so guilty about the devastation to the children of a divorce mm-hmm. that they say things like, "I'll I'll never let you experience that again. That that next person will never be more important to me than you are." Yeah, which is the setup for their next divorce. Because this person comes in and they are going to be submitted to the children, mm-hmm. and that's the gr- agreement. Mm-hmm. Instead of moving in and being in covenant with the other adult, leading the children. Mm-hmm. So I have a question on top of this because um, I agree. I've said that many times to working with. Usually, it's already married or newly married blended families, you know, they're having that struggle. So we talk about, okay, well, what role does the kids have and what role does the spouse have? But, you know, let's say someone is dating someone with with children. Mm -hmm. So let's say Sally doesn't have any kids and Mike does. And Sally's going to be an instant mom if they get married. And Mm -hmm. they're they're pursuing, you know, Mm -hmm. marriage. But she's got reservations on it. Usually it's because of the third-party parent that is somehow still tied to this child, obviously. Um, it sounds like a math word problem. I know. Mm-hmm. It's com- it's not common core. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at what point, you know, is it good for, you know, maybe this, the adult with a child who's looking at dating this person? Like, because Sally hasn't fully committed to being a mom yet. Um, but she knew when she started dating him that he had a child. So. Mm-hmm. So what what questions should they be asking at, when dating somebody? Like, are you ready to be a parent? Mm-hmm. Is that like a legit legal question you could ask this person? Like, I have a child. If we're going to date, are you ready to be a mom? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah like, the, can you put that on the table right away? Well, that's, you know, that's moving from... Before they meet the from, kids? Or? From friend, yeah. You know, that's, that's, uh, do you want to be a mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a, I have a child. I have a couple children. What do you think of that? And it, it, it probably would be 
rooted in, I have no idea the question I'm answering right now. Because yeah, yeah. if, if you have no children, you really don't have true. Um, accurate information. I mean, maybe you were the oldest child and you, whatever, sure, you, sure. you know, a nanny or something. But whatever, it's, it's are you ready to be these children's mother mm-hmm. is, is, is the next question. Yeah, you know, do you are you even interested in the in the job, and um, do you want this one? Yeah, so I think you you probably need a, a really clear, powerful yes from that person before you keep going. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that would yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, so. that or that person's gonna <laughs> feel like a victim. Yeah, totally. And not like a responsible decision maker. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, Philip, we'll be praying for you mm-hmm. as you navigate those really great hard questions yeah. as you pursue this. So, um, all right. Well, our next question comes from Sarah. Hi, Danny and Brittany. Thank you so much for doing the Kyla show. I need some help. I feel like my default is codependency. I desire to be a powerful person and I will make progress and then I will let my guard down. And codependency is right there waiting for me. Do you have any suggestions on how I get rid of the crutch of codependency forever? It's no fun. Thanks. Mm-hmm. No fun. Uh, yeah, probably having people around you that will give you feedback. Get to call you on. Hey, you're doing that thing. Hey, why are you doing that thing? Because it feels like you're doing that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I hear you talk, it sounds like old things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there would be s- some kind of a, a commitment to welcome feedback. To you know, no, no. I do these three things way more than I want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do it with my my children. I do it with my mom, and I do it in relationships yeah. uh, that I, where I'm trying to I'm trying to help relationships be successful mm-hmm. so I do more of their work than they do and yep. then I am resentful yes then I'm frustrated yeah I think uh, last week we did two or two episodes of kind of the rescuer mm-hmm. and so that kind of would cover a lot of mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. for you Sarah so if you want to Go back two episodes if you missed it. But it's just really talking about kind of identifying that that helper role that turns into a rescuer role and the the pitfalls that you can have. And I think self-awareness goes a long way when you start to, you know, I think you described it as when I'm feeling frustrated. And why am I frustrated? I might be wearing someone else's problem. Mm -hmm. You know, your joy is gone. Those Mm -hmm. were kind of big indicators. But it was a really great description that we kind of talked through Mm -hmm. um, in those episodes. So I would recommend you go listen to those for getting out of a cycle of codependency. Yeah, and probably the, the path out is to ask better questions Mm -hmm. than to come up with awesome solutions. Totally. Yeah. That's how I feel with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> with homework, with chores, with yeah. anything is And let them struggle. Let them yeah. just, you know, obviously there's there's brain activity going on called thinking. <laughs> just let them think and struggle and think and then ask another question. Mm-hmm. And they, they it, and it's the 
energy that they put into finding the solution that makes the solution so valuable when they get it. Mm-hmm. And then that skill is that's awesome parenting. Yeah. So I think for Sarah, be okay with the silence, mm-hmm. you know, letting the silence really kind of marinating their thinking process, mm-hmm. which most likely you've probably created some relationships where they're used to you solving things for them. Mm -hmm. So you might have to retrain your friends or the people that you're around that you are not going to just have a buffet line of great options, but really great questions. Because we train people how to treat us. Mm -hmm. And when we train people that we hate suffering, (laughs) they dish up suffering in the triple heaps so that we will rush in and solve our problem, which is get you out of suffering. Right. We hate being uncomfortable, so we will solve your problem So we both feel better. So I feel better. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's it. Well, Sarah, I hope you um, find some breakthrough in this area because we want you to be a powerful person. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, these were great great questions. I had fun with all of them. Yep. So um, we're going to move into testimonies next. Good. But uh, thanks again for all the questions, guys. Hey there. One more quick reminder about the marriage celebration movement. We're celebrating healthy marriages because they're worth celebrating. If you want to take part, here's what we need you to do. We need you to take a picture with your spouse holding a sign of how many years you've been married. It could be five years, five months, or 50 years. It doesn't matter. We're celebrating you. You're going to post it on social media and tag at Danny Loving on Purpose. Or you can send them a direct message or email us at info at lovingonpurpose.com. Just get it to us because we want to celebrate you. So, marriage celebration movement. Do it. Take a picture. Hold the sign. Number of years you've been married. Send it in. Let's celebrate healthy marriages. All right, well, we're going to jump into our testimony spot, and this week's testimony comes from Anna. Anna. Mm -hmm. Hey, Danny and Brittany, thanks so much for doing the Kylo Show. It is so helpful for me to hear these principles over and over again on a weekly basis. I am a two on the Enneagram, and I have been a helper my whole life. I don't even think about it. It's just my go-to thoughts and actions. This used to cause so many challenges in my life because I would just jump in and try and help people even though they didn't even have a problem. When I read Kylo and learned that you can't help anyone who doesn't have a problem, my life changed. It was a process of training myself not to jump in as soon as I saw a problem, but to start asking really good questions. It's still something that I catch myself doing from time to time, but I'm able to snap out of it so much quicker now that I know this truth. As a single woman, I have definitely tried helping as a dating strategy. I would meet a guy and see where he needed help, and I would do whatever I could to help him. But even if he didn't even have a problem, this left me feeling sad and lonely, even though the guy was fully unaware of the scenario I had built in my head. Geez, that sounds so funny saying out loud, but it happened more than once. I'm so happy to say that I am free of the cycle of being the rescuer. Thank you so much for everything that you do. I can't wait to meet the man that I will build a whole healthy family with so I can help change the world. (laughs) That's a great plug there. There's the the slogan. Uh Yeah. We're inspiring our singles to go build healthy families, which Mm. is... 
the generation that we need keep bringing in those those families and build more families yeah. change the world yeah i think the <clears throat> the the superpower that we bring to any relationship whether it's like anna's talking about helping just without even thinking about it just like i'm just helpful or uh you know maybe you're just really a happy person positive mm-hmm. optimistic up you know and and you bring the party with you mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. think you know it's my job to bring the party or yeah. uh the deep thinkers that you know just show up and listen and everybody mm-hmm. finally goes what do you think <laughs> like well you know and then they pop out their their deep revelations or the you know the there's some people that are very very um spiritually sensitive emotionally sensitive just sensitive sensitive and they are <clears throat> kind of like the the bumpers on bumper bowling, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of help us stay out of the gutter and stay out of the insensitivities and judgments and different things. And what whatever superpower you bring to a relationship as a single person, just keep in mind that it is uh, it's it's salt on on the dinner, you know. If you overuse it, you wreck the dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be sure that you get just really good at the right amount in mm-hmm. the situation, or it's going to start feeling controlling, manipulative, punishing, whatever. You know, it's it's going to change its flavor from helpful to to hurting mm-hmm. yeah, again and again. No, yeah. I remember the first time I feel like I heard you say that analogy. I was in high school. I was with a, I think it was a youth leader at the time, and he was one of those overzealous, excitable persons that just felt overwhelming and controlling. And I just remember you saying that. I was like, oh, (laughs) that is how this feels. (laughs) Too much salt. Too much salt. (laughs) You know, he figured it out. That was just great. I was just, you know, I had a, Ben and I had a conversation with a young couple that were actually marrying um, this fall. And we were meeting with them and, and, you know, she... She wants to be the the hype girl. She wants to to be the one that brings the happy, you know, and and he's needs a space to process the problem, but she wants to be the happy because he's sad. You know, it's kind of like the buffet of dif- different things. And it's been really fun to watch her discover, like, I can't bring my hype girl, that's what we call it, to this situation because it's not actually going to help anything. Mm. I have to be mature enough to see that there's a different need that's needing to be happened in this moment to give space to, you know, uh, be okay with the sad or the pain, you know, and that it's not a party that's needed necessarily. But again, when you discover what your superpower is and then like how to use that superpower in the best form, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it really does bring so much life to this relationship, but it can be distorted and used poorly and, even the purest of heart, mm-hmm. but um, it's it's really fun again to help people kind of the superpower that you have. It's beautiful, but understanding how to use it, when to use it, um, and and really asking those good questions of, do you need this superpower right now? Mm-hmm. No, okay, but I'll I'll put it away. Mm-hmm. I was ready with the pinata. It was right here. It was ready. Mm-hmm. We had the mm-hmm. 
confetti cannons, but we're not going to do that right yeah. now because pop. Uh, exactly. Wow, you're not smiling. You didn't like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think again, I I laugh at Ben and I's superpower. You know, I think we've both had our own discovery of. He probably was my hype guy for a while, and I was spitting out confetti in his face like, "Don't do that mm-hmm. again," mm-hmm. you know. But well, it, I bring out my superpower when I think there's a super problem, or mm-hmm. there's a super opportunity, or you know, a super need. Yeah, and it, it it's going to take time to really discover uh, when you are open to mm-hmm. my superpower. And when you are closed to my superpower, (laughs) because when I bring my superpower, I used to call it, um, you know, I had this magic happy dust as a a young boy. You know, I I have a a very codependent mom who is just getting trashed by all these relationships, just mowing through her life. And I'm, I'm her, you know, little... Happy Superhero, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm eight nine years old, and I can make her laugh. I can make her smile. I can make her forget. Mm-hmm. I can I can make her move on. These are all the, these are all the lessons I'm getting as yeah. a kid. Is I can make my mom move through the suffering mm-hmm. and 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 be okay again. Because if she's okay, then I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I took that right into our dating and early marriage and <laughs> Sherry was was she, she, she was she was on the earth <laughs> to prove that my happy dust did not work and and it was true I could not control her happiness mm-hmm. and I was so blown away I was I, I'd never met anybody that my happy dust didn't work on and and so <clears throat> it's almost like she was going to be more miserable to prove that I couldn't manipulate her. I couldn't control. So in order for her to control herself, she had to be inconsolable, you know. And I pretty soon was hopeless. Yeah. You know, I was I was frustrated. I was really not really sure what happened and there was that was a rough start because i i did not do the work before i got married right. i mean that we are married that we are we are 37 years into this sure. is a miracle <laughs> it would be like i got my head chopped off and it grew back on it's just like <laughs> you're like what? the men in black guy <laughs> uh, totally it's so miraculous that we have worked through so many mm-hmm. excruciating differences and emerged with uh, a testimony but whew, what a test yeah i think that's the again going back to how crucial it is to do the work beforehand mm-hmm. you know and I mean, I I wasn't single for too long at all. So Let's see, you got married at eighteen. At eighteen, yeah. So I wasn't single for too long at all. And so Ben and I had our own rough years, and and we grew up a lot together. So thankfully, we were paired in that we both had a value for growing. You know, we had different seasons of one growing faster than the other for sure, and we had our own 
cycles we had to discover. But I mean, on this side of it, anyone that I know that's single, that's in this relationship, that's serious, I'm, I mean, Ben and I are shouting as loud as we possibly can, please do the work Mm -hmm. because you don't have to have the hard years. And if you can avoid them, then I would. I mean, sure, I think there's things you learn when you live with someone and you get married to them, like how loud they breathe or how loud they are when they brush their teeth. You didn't know those things beforehand, and that's fine. But, you know, it's the, the, the values, the core values, you know, trying to marry someone thinking that you can change them, you know, is such a dangerous place. And I think a lot of times we have good intentions, but we get in, sucked into this trap that, It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. So I think part of this really comes back to you being a powerful person and doing the work in you and identifying, you know, what is it that you are going to attract? You know, I, I was talking to Delaney, who's 16. We're not looking at any serious relationships right now, but I was telling her how confidence attracts confidence, you know, um, values attract values. And standards attract standards. I mean, like, the more that that's obvious in your life, the more that that's going to be drawn out of someone else that you actually want to be around. Mm -hmm. And so the more that you create compromise in different areas, it's this is where you end up with scary relationships because you made compromise after compromise, Mm -hmm. and here you are with somebody that... It's no, no fun. I, I'm not sure who came up with the, you know, hey, make a list of all your uh, expectations in the future, whoever. All the girl movies. It, maybe that's where <laughs> it came from. I don't know. But, you know, what, what, how tall they are, what, you know, what color their hair is, how much they make, you know, what, how athletic they are, whatever it is. Um, those are the things that you're going to compromise in. Mm-hmm. But the things that you're not going to compromise in is really the the signs that they either have done the work or are willing to do the work mm-hmm. and or able to do the work. So there's there's like three categories there. Like you, are you willing? Are you willing to, what are you going to do? Because yeah. that sounds really scary. That sounds really uh, miserable. That mm-hmm. sounds, what do you do with that? Uh, uh, nothing. I just, you know, I just drink another beer. Like, wow, wow, wow. Um, how long you had this? Yeah, yeah. Forever. My dad had it too. Oh, and good. Both my brothers have it. And we, we, we just pretend like it's not there. Like, wow, wow. Well, thanks for the coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you, are you not willing to do anything? No, I'm not able to do anything. Like, oh. So those kinds of, you know, obstacles it's more about are you willing to learn and grow and change leading yourself or following someone but not me like i don't want to be this is where i think i could change this person Mm -hmm. is where it comes from it's like oh well uh, follow me. I'll yeah. lead you into health. And uh, matter of health fact, why don't you just become me? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I like me, and the things I don't like about you are the things that aren't like me. So let me turn you into me. That is not going to work, and that is usually the the wrong path people go down. Is I'm really good at this. You need to get better at it. Follow me. No, no, no. It's I'm really good at this. I know the work that it takes to do this. Where do you think you should start? Mm-hmm. 
What do you think your next steps are? Who do you know that can help you get there? When are you going to meet with them? You get better and better at asking questions to empower them Mm -hmm. rather than to enslave them and try to control them. Yeah. And that's what helps create powerful people. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful questions make powerful people. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Well, all the singles out there. Whole healthy people. Yep. Are going to create whole healthy families. And we're going to save the world. Yes. All these superpowers. That's it. So thanks so much for joining us at The Kylo Show. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to join us next week when Danny and Brittany talk about inner healing and choosing love over fear. Never miss an episode of The Kylo Show by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch us on the Loving on Purpose YouTube channel. And don't forget to submit your questions and testimonies to thekyloshow.com. The Kylo Show is produced by Ali Armerding, co-produced by Ashley Beck, Leah Alexander, Anna Hill, Sherry Silk, sound engineer and edited by Taylor Silk, and show promoter Christian Zamora. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.